Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome back to Let's Drone Out. Uh, tonight you are joined by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello. Uh, everyone's favourite man with moustache, Stephen. Hello. Uh, my buddy from Canada, Carl. Hello. Who does the socials. My darling and adoring wife. I suppose I'd better say Hello. <laughs> and tonight's guest, we are joined by Stinger Swarm. Hey! <laughs> um, Stingy is driving home at the moment. Yeah. He's left early for work to come chat with us. Thanks. So we will talk among ourselves whilst Kevin safely drives home. And then when he gets in the door, we can ask him some questions. Um, Stephen, have you got any topics for us? Not a whole lot, although I did notice that Curry Kitten had, had a bit on the new fusion thing that he was experimenting with. Oh, the, the is that how you're supposed to say it? I thought it was a Chinese name and I was calling it the Fusion. In, in you can put whatever Chinese other accent, accent you want. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Just don't walk well, the line I, too far. I hadn't released a video yet, but yeah, the, the Fusion is a combination uh, ELRS board and an open VTX board in one little board which you can put in your whoop or bigger quad I suppose and uh, have two things at once although I was having interesting problems with it I found another interesting thing that I didn't know which I like finding out things through errors and crashing which is ELRS VTX administrator is in charge so should you decide to set your VTX power level via your OSD and then go and do something it might change it back which I wasn't expecting in mid-flight. So I would take off, thinking I was in 25 milliwatt mode, go fly for a bit, and then it would say, oh, I'm swapping back to RCE mode, and I would just get a, a pure goggle full of static, and then I'd have to go nice find surprise. my quad again, which is uh, different. Um, but I found out more about how you should let Lua just do its thing and not try and basically do it, do it on the OSD or do it via Lua, but don't try and do both, else... They will fight and one will win, which is an interesting thing, isn't it? Isn't it the old save and reboot like settings? No, because as soon as you start up your quad, your radio says, "Hello, you're running ELRS, are you?" And it says, "Yes, I am." It's like this is your power level, and for some reason, normally this is instant. If you go and change your band or channel or anything using that Lua script or on startup, it's like that. For some reason, I don't know if it's a bug somewhere in one of the many different open source things or it's the flight controller or something else, there was a delay. So when I was first setting it, I was like, I'm going to set this to 
25 milliwatts and see what happens. It's like, oh, it's still at, it's still at 400. It's not working. I'll set it through the OSD. And um, yeah, and then for some reason, a minute later, it said, oh, you're right, I've changed, I've changed power for you. P.S. Huh. You're now on this race setting, which has effectively turned off your VTX. It's like and pit crashed. mode. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. It's weird. <laughs> no, it's bad. Did you find out that the, the weird open VTX thing where you can use either smart audio or tramp, you no longer have to remember which one to select? Yes. I mean, I'd forgotten about it because I was conversing a quad that was already set for smart audio, so I just didn't touch it. But, yeah, you could equally just say use tramp and it would just work because it yeah. detects what protocol you're using, which is quite clever. But open VTX, I kind of think, is a fix to a problem that doesn't exist. Uh, open, uh, well, Express LRS was there because it's like, oh, now you can use all these different manufacturers' modules with all these other different manufacturers' uh, receivers, and they all interchange, and it's fine. We've never had a problem with VTXs because it's not like I've got Fatshark goggles, therefore I can only use Fatshark VTXs. It's like any to any. It's not really a problem. So... In in some ways, I don't really understand why Open VTX is there, but you know, it's not a bad thing to have, I guess. It's good for noobs if you're building a quad and you kind of don't appreciate that Tramp and Smart Audio are different. Then it just works with whatever you set it to. Yeah, although they still have to fill out the VTX table with something. Oh, I guess, yeah. So but I'm not sure. Is Open VTX analog, or is that something else? No, it's yeah, analog. analog. Okay. So a bunch of people who decided to make a controller for those little rich wave video encoders that wasn't a proprietary one. I see. Yeah, because there's another project that's like the uh, Wi-Fi broadcast-based like HD video that seems really sketch. Oh, this guy knows all about that. <laughs> that that's called OpenHD, which was, yeah, it, 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 yeah. it came from the Wi-Fi broadcast stuff, which I've been playing with, which... It's sketchy if we were doing your sort of flying because the round trip latency right now is about 120 milliseconds. So you'd be in the side of a shopping center before you could uh, think about it. But uh, the the idea is that they're building some hardware which is going to bring that down. I think they're targeting about 40 milliseconds for this new piece of hardware, which uh, hopefully will come out and we'll get to test out and see what that's like. It's also sketchy if you try and put a USB extension lead in the middle of it all. Right. Yeah. Or, or you know, some things in general are going to be very sketchy. Or if you try and feed the Wi-Fi card through the props, for example, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I always find that's bad. I, I end up with many antennas of many different things chewed up by props at some various reasons. Looks like Kevin's home. He's home almost. Yeah. But it, I mean, I also found out this week a lot about shielding GPSs, which I found quite useful. Again, success through failure. My GPS doesn't work anymore. And then we learned about how copper tape put round it and then grounded with a piece of wire can uh, shield your GPS perfectly and make it work. I still can't believe that's a thing. I'm just I'm so confused as to what it was being shielded from because it's not like you ever need to shield a receiver, but you need to shield the GPS. I know. It's crazy. And it yeah. this is this is something I had in that quad and was working. And then as soon as I put this other flight control in, it doesn't work. But when I was doing my research, I found so, so many videos about, I think it was called the Roma 4-inch, this long-range quad, which had a GPS. And it turned out 
from the factory, the GPS was disabled, and that's because it was too close to the other stuff to work. So everybody turned it on as like it doesn't work, and they they all had to come up with various different ways of pushing it further apart or shielding it in some other way or replacing it with something better. Was wasn't that a thing with um, like moon tape or whatever for for um, the like DJI oh, yeah. V two or something? But the DJI. Oh, what the V two is in the the tape uh, the um the goggles or are you talking about the old fashioned stuff the NASA the old you needed phantom. a piece of tape on the NASA yeah what was that for on the NASA it had a really interesting problem where people were finding occasionally um the quad wouldn't know its height anymore and it would either go way up or way down and what it was is the side of the the box the NASA was like a little box with uh, like plugs you could plug servo leads into. But one of the sides was a little bit too translucent, so the sun could come through and affect the barometer. So you had to put a piece of masking tape on it to block the sun, else you'd be flying along, and then you'd quadrate to say, I'm landing now, because I don't know my height anymore, and it just come down, which is do, do you use any um, long-range stuff like that, Kevin? Any long-range GPS plugs? Uh, the NASA... Anything. I don't the NASA. Have well, not the NASA. GPS on your freestyle quads. I, oh, yeah, obviously. No, I do have one four-inch setup that has uh, a GPS. It's the newbie drone whirly gig that has GPS and rescue mode and all of that. But I don't use it a ton. You never like fly over water and think, "Oh, I'm going to put GPS on this just in case." No, I don't. For the most, if I'm going to fly over water, I'm more like zip tie, uh, empty water bottle on it type of guy. <laughs> Can't go wrong. See, see, this was what I was talking about. If you remember, there's Kevin there. Do you remember the Phantom Two? And then in the yep. top shell, it it would have oh, yeah, the yeah. copper sandwich tape. I remember that. Oh yeah, I can't, and and that would shield the GPS from uh, from the rest of the crap. Everything else, yeah. Yeah. See, I knew that was a thing. The weird thing is, you're not shielding the actual GPS antenna. The antenna is not shielded. What you're shielding is the bit of wire that connects the GPS to the flight controller, which is just like you never need to do that with any other bit of wire in your quad. You don't like. Oh my! Oh my! Crossfire's getting low LQ. I better wrap the rec- the the cable between the RX and the flight controller in a bit of copper tape. That's well, no but the, perhaps the receiver is on the top in that on that drone, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, it's and honestly, it's not about shielding that receiver. The issue is that those receivers typically also have the magnetometer. The magnetometer is extremely susceptible to electrical noise, so you're really shielding it for the magnetometer. Ah, right. Yeah, so that's a, a different setup to Curry's then because Beta Flight can't even use a magnetometer, right? It's Correct. GPS or nothing. Correct. Yeah. I, I don't know if the reason we don't need it on receivers is because receivers are built to a much better spec. One thing, when I was researching about why is this going wrong, one of the videos popped up from Pavel, and he said the reason this is so bad is because it's badly shielded. He put like a Matek... Uh, GPS slash compass on the same point where he couldn't get a signal on that the one of the Beacon compasses and it was absolutely fine and that's because that's 
that's built to a higher spec and their their own sort of shielding is better. So it could just be that the receivers we're using are just like made to handle oh, this right. stuff and these GPSs are a bit, I don't know, not not as good. So the noise attenuation on the UART is just for um for, for crap. It doesn't I work so. properly on the beaten ones. Yeah. I remember Powell's test and he, he did a whole bunch of tests for the, the lock on time and those Matek ones came out way ahead. Everything except for the really, really large Beecham one that, that no one uses, the 8 Series, 880, which is 880, just yeah. giant and doesn't fit on anything. Yeah, that's got, it's yeah. got a compass in as well. You wouldn't use it for yeah, uh, yeah. regular stuff. Um, Stingy, um, what gear are you using now? Because I, I thanked you before the show for like going out and fling, uh, flying with uh, Schizo. <laughs> it was lovely to see. I've missed him dearly. He's my favourite pilot, um, and it, it was it was great to see. And you kind of exposed him to the world of uh, DJI HD video. Um, it must have been like luring some sort of cave dweller out, and like he came out with like all this Flintstone stuff, like, and he had like um, race shite board, like you know that they, they don't even exist I anymore. Mean- He's only been not flying for like a year. So it's not like everybody makes a big deal out of it. Yes, the tech moves fast, but it does not move that fast. So, yeah, he had a race flight flight controller, which oddly enough, they are still selling, air quotes, they still have for sale a schizo edition flight controller, which he is not authorized at all and which is not shipping. Do not give them money for such things. And he's not signed off on it. Like, ah, that whole Preston situation is pretty sketch. Not trying to throw anybody under the bus here. But uh, anyways, yeah, so what am I flying these days? I am pretty much committed to moving over to Express LRS. Uh, I'm not, like, I like it mostly because it is open source. Uh, There are, I like the lower latency of it. I like um, the performance of it. The user experience was easier on Tracer with over-the-air updates, et cetera. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it, but I'm not in love with it. Uh, currently using the RadioMaster TX16S. Um, I tested out the Zorro. I, I made a whole video about all these radios, but then so many like uh, issues and technical issues Like I had the beta FPV uh, receiver with a flat antenna that I had range issues with. And like the video production just went into this rabbit hole of like, wait, what's the problem? Blah, blah, blah. So um, one day I will finish editing this video of my journey from the TBS Mambo into Express LRS and Radio Master Radios. But it's just a it's a mess. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at on the controlling side. I am flying the DJI Vista um, with the video transmitter. On frames, I've got TBS Source 1s. I've got like three of those built up. I was testing out the Axis Flying uh, Manta for a minute, but that broke on me pretty quick. And then I'm always testing a slew of uh, flight controllers. So one that has the Axis Flying stack, one's got... uh, Talon H7 from um, who is that? That's um, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, and then another one with the Matek H743. 
So just a you know a little bit of everything. No kissing there then. No, I've you know I've not. I went full in on Kiss a long time ago, and the performance level um, was it was just inconsistent. And everything that I'm hearing about, you know, Kiss Ultra and Fet Tech and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't like being on closed source systems like that. The amount of testing that goes on, I have friends that are in those like alpha test groups and all this. Like, you got to, same thing when I was flying Flight One for a period of time. It's like, oh, you got to find this firmware that works for you and everything's like gravy and then don't change anything. And like, every time, a lot of times when the closed source products like make moves, they end up breaking things. And um, that's part of the reason that I'm just moving away from uh, the TBS radios too. Like, I hate to say it. I love you, Trappy, but uh, yeah. Yeah. They're scheduled to get into HTX in that. They've been pushed back like two or three releases. Now it's going to be the summer before they get into HTX with the, the Tango two and the Mamba. It's just kind of disappointing to see the, the pace of development yep. on those, unfortunately. If you want to use them with any modern software except the Edge TX build yeah. that you know they've come out with from Freedom TX, missing out a lot of features. It's a shame. Yeah, are you talking more about... You, you moved yeah. to Tracer, right, at some point? I did you? go to Tracer for a while. Yeah. And I did. I had a pre-production model that I had issues with that kind of got ironed. They did get ironed out. And I was happy with it. Um, but then the more I saw with where Edge TX and ExpressLRS were headed, I was like, you know what? I just want to be on something mm. that's fully supported by those open source projects. They yeah. kind of shot themselves in the foot a bit with that CRSF V3 stuff recently as well. They you know, tried to push that out and they were <sighs> auto negotiating the speed of the connection and causing random fail safes and... It's just not what you want from Crossfire, is it? You want Crossfire to be the boring guy in the room. Yeah. It's, it's not much yeah. better with the Ghost because I, I missed the Lewis script tuning. I actually had to go back and use uh, Crossfire with like a, you know, a little brushless whoop, HD whoop, uh, because, yeah, no no tuning with the uh, Lewis script. So, yes, looks like Andy's hit the uh, crossfire problems as well. They, well they've tried to push out a bunch of, like, let's make this faster fixes, but it all feels like a bit of a knee jerk because a lot of this is causing instability. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I advise Cole. It, to... it, it boils down to, like, just the size of the teams that are working on it and the size of the test, like, group, you know? Um not, not, not enough test pilots, you mean, fundamentally? Yeah, yeah. 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 Because, um, yeah, Cole's got a Tango too, and uh, he was flying, and literally he was still line of sight, and it it just totally disconnected. And cr Would you crash on, like, a, a roof or something? Yeah, it was um, – I, I mean, I could pull up a clip or whatever, but, yeah, it was like – That would be amazing. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it here. It was, um, it was, it was, it was scary because it was my first time fail safing, and it was just very strange. Um, is that off this latest firmware, or is this a historic thing? This was uh, no, this wasn't. Uh, I, to be early honest, days I, of the Tango too. 
Yeah, yeah. It's not like that time that Jack claimed to fail safe after he flew backwards into a hill, is it, and then blamed Crossfire? (laughs) No, I definitely failed. It wasn't the ground, it was my radio link. I did fail safe. It went beep, 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 beep. So you guys can see this here, right? No? Okay. So we got it. I wasn't beeping like crazy. Sorry. No, no, no. Like, that's what I I proved that I fail safed. Still, still fine. Still fine. Then all, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just zing, and then I'm stuck on a roof. Like, I was so close to myself, too. It was very strange. Like, you know, like... That's you in front of the building. Yeah, that's, what, 200 meters, maybe? Well, so, so actually, I was I was right beside my quad right here. Um, mm. You know, this is... I mean, it's close. So you go right? over it's... one building, over another building. I mean, they are metal sheets, which is pretty bad, but yeah, even so. Yeah. But I wasn't over anything when I failsafe. Look, I wasn't even over anything. Oh, yeah, but then yeah. the, the link quality only cuts out when you're hitting the grounds. Yeah, the link quality is still fine. Like if, if yeah, you're ninety-nine percent. Yeah. So what uh, was it? Yeah, I don't know, but weird. Yeah, I don't. So. I, don't I don't think it was crossfire or something. It looked like could have been a prop. Something else to me. No, he flew it back down. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I, I basically I had to walk closer. And then I was able to rearm and get it back down, but yeah, it was it was, it was weird. I, I did like the fact that it, it fail safe, giving you a link quality of ninety nine percent, and then when you're on the roof, it's like zero. I told yeah. you, I told yeah. you I was ill. <laughs> <laughs> but the weird thing is, I haven't gotten any fail safes since then. Well, you've um, updated now. Well, yeah, but it's it's just weird. I don't know. A lot of metal there, though. Yeah. Um, Steve, uh, are you, how was uh, po- your trip to Poland? Your last video. Uh, I had a great trip. It was I was visiting family. My wife is from Poland, and so we were visiting her parents and brothers and sisters, etc. And we had a great time. Got a little bit of a cold. I don't know. Anytime I'm traveling internationally like that, just lack of sleep and exposure to germs and all of that. So I got a bit of a cough and horse right now apologies mm-hmm. but we had a great time it wasn't any of the uh, local liquor then you weren't drinking like Bekarovka or something no no I didn't do a whole lot of drinking <laughs> yeah it's just over in uh, Slovakia doing some snowboarding and they've got some fierce mountain liquor there like funny uh, herbal aperitifs and things digestives oh yeah mm. that sounds uh, terrifying <laughs> I, I wanted to ask in, in, in your equipment, Kevin. I noticed you were doing mm-hmm. some videos about using Gyroflow to make the DJI Action Two look good, which mm-hmm. looks yes. interesting. But very, uh, it's a very long process. About especially when you're using Blackbox to get your gyro data. Are you using that instead of a GoPro? And it's all, if so, why? Yes, I am lo- using the Action Two instead of a GoPro, and the reason is 100 grams lighter. Um, so that's what it all boils down to is going back to a lighter weight setup. That's more nimble and more fun to fly, uh, aggressively for proximity FPV. The, uh, yeah. So I originally moved to the action Two, was super excited about it, but then slowly noticed issues with the rock steady stabilization. It just does like little jitter here and there um that was getting on my nerves like crazy so started experimenting with uh, gyro flow 
And if you need something stabilized, it is a viable option. It's just the workflow is not ideal. If, if they support the gyro data from the action too, that'll be a much more viable option. But as of right now, like the last video I put out, I didn't have any stabilization. I just turned everything off and went for it. Looks like a pretty complex workflow having to get those sync points and you, you it'll tell you, well, I think this synced about here and you have to validate and adjust and seems uh, honestly, once once I figured out how to use it, like knowing the general offset, like you go to the point in the video where your motor's arm and you're like, okay, that's twenty seconds. Drop in the twenty second offset and then hit sync. Uh it is pretty straightforward. I haven't okay. actually had to adjust a sync yet in using it. And I've, I've done maybe a dozen flights or so. So now you're making sure all of your flight controllers have a micro SD for black box as well then? Well, that's the downside. Cause like the access flying uh, stack, that thing has like an eight megabyte flash. The right. Talon H7 has a 16 megabyte flash. The only thing that I have that takes an SD card is the H743. So it's just not really, and plus trying to keep track of which black which box log is, is which yeah. video. Oh, God, it's just going to be like, I have another video from Poland that I have to edit. And I did do some uh, gyro flow stuff in that. And um, the, like I had to say, you know, like this setup first flight of the day, go. And then right. you got to do a little bit of remembering like, oh, I armed it to check that everything was working beforehand or, oh, I had to turtle mode here. Um, right. Yeah. So if you're flying uh, a bunch of packs, like after every pack, are you getting your phone out and plugging in the phone and copying the black box data off? I'm not going to that level. I just did like a couple of flights to do the gyro flow on that day. And that's the only other time that I've tried to use gyro flow other than the test data that I posted the video from. Got to say that the, the unstabilized footage looks pretty good. I, I suppose it's like if you're looking for something like really, really smooth and nice, you'd do it. But for a sort of general fun flying freestyle stuff, it's it's looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got failsafe in the chat. He posted a couple of vids of that with no stabilization. And yeah, it's crisp. I think, honestly, if you are going for stabilized footage, the GoPro just makes a ton more sense, uh, especially the Hero 10, because you've got that 5.7K, so it can crop in for stabilization and still have like a true 4K output. The um, the Action 2, it's more of just like a novelty. Like, I was curious, hey, what can I get out of this system? And I may still do like a video where I do like a horizon lock or the, you know, the adjustable zoom where it like totally rips off like the whole real steady look but um yeah it's just that's not something that i do typically i was just curious what was possible with the tech i, I like trying new things and geeking out on things like i was saying before we even got started i've been using the a7 IV, and that has gyro data embedded in the video files and there's software from sony that does essentially the same thing that real steady and gyro flow does it's called uh, Catalyst Browse, and uh, I've been running all of my vlog footage through that lately, and B-cam, mm. B-roll. It'd be nice if we get to the point where all cameras that have a gyro have just one app, so you don't have to learn how all these different 
confusing apps work. You just like, yeah, take my file, take my gyro data, put it into gyro flow. It doesn't matter if it's Runcam 5 Orange or a GoPro, Insta360 or Action. Just goes in there and off you go. That'd be neat. I mean, they could always just do it in camera. I, I think mean, the, gyro the, the, the is really the stuff's only product. Yeah, no, I think Gyroflow is like the best candidate for that because all the other, like Real Steady, that's owned by GoPro. Uh, DJI is probably going to put out their own thing. Catalyst Browse is a Sony piece of software. So all of these others are, you know, trying to do this proprietary closed box thing, whereas Gyroflow has the potential to do like all, all the things. But it's going to be a more difficult workflow because you got to have like a lens profile, et cetera. So, yeah, I don't know. There's a ton of lens profiles out there, though. So once you've figured out which ones you need, it's yep. not too bad. Yeah. And you can make your own. You can make your own. Just get a test card and film it. Yeah. 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 Oh, just just lob a GoPro on and go fly. Sure. With everything else. It's I nice to be able to tweak it a bit afterwards because you can like say, oh, how smooth do I want to make it? Do I want to go for that real cine feel or just take out some of the jello and bumps? I mean, on a GoPro 10, you, you can film it with Hypersmooth and then you can still go and use Gyroflow if you want to. Although a GoPro 10, it's like it's hurting my arm just holding it in the air, let alone putting on a quad. It's so heavy. It's like I'd have I to know. get new motors and stuff to fly with it. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Back to Failsafe's question here. He, he was mentioning that he uses the action too, and uh, there's a lack of dynamic range. You kind of lose stuff in the shadows a bit. What's your take yes. on that? Uh, you 100% do. It, it, it Depending on the lighting environment, um, it can be it can be acceptable or it can be pretty bad. The uh, What I have honestly been doing, um, I found that like really early on trying to color grade it using the flat profile, that the shadows were just crushed. And so I have mindset depending on the day um, set to plus 0.3 to 0.7 uh, EV exposure compensation um, to just bring up the shadows. Cause I can bring it, it will blow out the highlights, but that's usually like the sun it's going to be blown out anyways. Um, and so, yeah. I find that if I do just use a little bit of exposure compensation to bring the shadows up, it's a little bit more workable, but it is, it's an issue. Yeah. Do you think it's something they're going to change or is that just what it's going to be stuck with? I think that's just what it is. I, for me, I'm still holding out hope that there may be another session style form factor uh, camera. Well, that's what that everyone's telling us. The rumors going around, they're going to get this. Hero 10 guts, and now it's been out there a while. They'll refine it and squeeze it into a session body. And I hope so. That's what people are whispering. I don't know exactly what the guts will be, but you know, for my two cents, I vote with my dollars. And if I mm -hmm. just keep buying the GoPro 10, then you're telling GoPro, hey, this is fine. We will make it work. This is fine. Right. If you don't start buying something else, then they're not going to get the message. So that's why I'm switching to the action too. It's just like a, hey, yeah. please fix this GoPro yeah. message. Good take. Vote with your wallet. 
Yeah. How, yeah. how are you how are you finding like you know moving the data off there because I've got an SD card. Uh, well, I run two cameras, uh, and then Ooh. because the battery life, <clears throat> the battery life won't make it through a full day of flying, nor will the internal storage. So uh, I fly two or three batteries, and then I take the camera off the quad, put it on the little second screen, and start dumping footage to the SD card. And then, uh, depending on how long of a fly day, I may put that on a battery bank to keep the base charged as well. And uh, just keep dumping footage as I go. Just that could swap. save you one day. That could save you one day. Mm. How many times have we all done a fantastic It's the smart way to go. And, yeah, and then crashed or lost yeah. lost the GoPro. GoPro's on the roof. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, this is my solution for a GoPro is I just have a bunch of SD cards. This lives in my wallet. And then when, uh, you know, once I fill up an SD card, I swap it in. That's what I used to do with the GoPros. Now with the uh, Action 2s, I just have a large SD card. But yeah, that's going to uh, – I have broken SD cards. I have smashed GoPros that then shorted out and fried SD cards. I have lost yeah. GoPros. Uh, there is always an opportunity to lose the footage. So moving it off the camera that you're flying around is not a bad idea. No. Yeah, the sooner the better. Dump it and you know have it in the archives basically. One is none. Yep. Got to copy that data. <clears throat> yep. So kind of where you started with this, you were saying, oh, it's just too heavy. The GoPro is getting too heavy. Over to the Action 2. So you're not one of these guys that's going up to like 25 millimeter motors and just getting bigger and bigger. You're trying to stay on the lighter quads and just deal with yeah. the lighter cameras. Yes, because the problem with going heavier, like when I designed the X-Hover Stingy V2, we were running Hero Sessions. Uh, and we were running 4S batteries. And then, you know, we got to the 6 and the 7 and the 8, and the cameras were just getting heavier and heavier. We'd moved to the 6S batteries that were heavier. And so my builds when the Stingy came out were like 600 grams, 625 grams. My builds at the end of me running the Stingy with the uh, 6S and using the Hero 8, I was like 750 grams. And you know what? I was breaking a ton more carbon fiber because the frame mm -hmm. just wasn't designed around that. So you're in this feedback loop. Like, okay, well, I can't right. fly as aggressively, so bigger motors. Well, now the whole thing's heavier. And now I'm breaking more carbon fiber, so let's thicken everything up. And now it's heavier again. Well, now I need more power, so let's get more yeah. aggressive props. And Like, it's, it's a feedback loop, and the more is not always the answer. Yeah, yeah. You're just chasing your like tail. You, you end up building like this six-inch tank rather than a yep. regular five-inch freestyle quad. Yep. So mm. I just nixed all that and went back to, you know, I'm still running a fairly heavy setup compared to where I was back in 2017 or whatever. But uh, it's, you know, the, the weight is that 6S battery for it. And, you know, shedding 100 grams and having that same powertrain, the thing is, just a monster like look at the pole in one pack that i put out it's the acceleration is insane mm. so is that 100 grams including like a battery removal mod on the gopro were you already doing that no 100 grams is like the weight difference of the hero 10 versus the action 2 okay 
did you did you try and run any of those little like five volt uh, converters off the balance lead and all yeah, that? Yeah, I ha- I have uh, some of those, but I have never. I bought some and then never actually used it. Right. I've got some for my long range stuff. Yeah. I suppose if you're freestyling yeah, really heavily, it's just another wire that can get ripped out, isn't it? that's the thing is it's just another failure point for the GoPro and uh, it is going to break because you are going to crash. You are going to tumble. You are going to go flying into a tree and it's going to get ripped out. Um, and, and that's part of the reason. The USB that I, port. Yeah. So that's part of the reason I never actually used it. I had it as like with the intent of testing and then never did. Yeah. Fair enough. Couldn't. And to be fair, like the action two that I've had, I have not killed one yet. I have mm. it's the protective lens has been smashed, but I have like plowed that thing in from the moon upside down, like full power into the ground. And I just cannot kill that camera. I'm not saying it's po- impossible. Well, you, now you like, said it. Now Brazilian... you said it. The next time you fly, it's just going to. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, that, that's good I mean, news because to be clear the screen on it doesn't work anymore but it comes with a second screen that you don't ever fly with so mm-hmm. it, yeah so you can just adjust settings on that second screen put it on the quad good to go yep Thanks. it's um, it's good because when i when i first saw that the, the immediate thing was that lens is just there and it's like if that's going to break it's going to break but just a basic sort of lens protector will will stop it from being smashed and it's just the lens protector getting smashed in the I I have a TPU like 3D printed case and the you know if it hits face first on a flat surface the TPU is going to hit first but if you go into a pole like there's but there's nothing to protect a GoPro lens if it goes straight into a pole either you know or a rock or any number of things it's not going to mm. be invincible forever yeah. Very few cameras withstand a full throttle power loop. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like still running the seven because you can literally just break, yeah. break the lens off and put a new one on. 12 quid. Here's yeah, the issue nice. that I have with the seven. I was a bigger fan of the eight than the seven because with the seven, the little twist on thing would always come off. And then there was no rim around the lens. And so once that thing popped off, if you don't have spares, it will hit the ground, it will scratch the lens, and then you're done. Whereas with the 8, if I break the lens protector, I just smash out the glass, and I still have like a metal or plastic frame that protects it from skidding when I hit the ground. Now, there's an argument to be made that like, oh, you just buy a bunch of these like $12 things. But it's like, I think those are $12. I could be wrong. It's been a minute. Uh, But that $12 versus you know, 40 or sometimes even free for us in the States to go to Best Buy and be like, Hey, my GoPro is broken and get a new one. Like I'd rather just go get a new one. Mm. Yeah. We don't have that luxury here unless we do it ourselves. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I have environmental (laughs) regulations actually resulted in camera manufacturers making something that was serviceable and user repairable rather than just using glue to put all the parts on. They actually went out there and acknowledged like, Hey, it's designed for action sports. Maybe we want to make it repairable. That'd be nice to see. Yeah. Um, 
the the thing that I've got, like I I run a GoPro Hero Seven, but a lot of the time I crash so hard that the internal lens smashes like out and moves, and then I'm out of focus. I don't know whether anyone else. Yeah, I've done two now. It's a nightmare. But um, Steve, I had that issue with the seven and the eight. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um. Can I, like, uh, sort of bring you back to um, the sort of timeline? Because, say, like, the end of Rotoraya, that finished, you were flying with the guys in Atlanta, you've done some stuff with cricket, um, because you you stopped uh, being a pilot, is that right? And commercial yep. flying and can you just fill us in on your timeline because like you came back about a year ago didn't you to youtube and then started doing the hops and props and popcorn and it yeah so th- there was you know i left the airline world to work for rotor riot uh we tried to make a run of quad camp but like that are different training aspects which never really made a profit and so it, that opportunity came to an end. And then I was just full time uh, with, you know, YouTube and travel on my own uh, for a period of time. And uh, as that, like, that was stressful, just trying to, you know, what's next? Oh, this product, oh, this, you know, different projects. Um, and then, I basically was decided that it just wasn't for me and went and got like a typical nine to five, uh, whole thing at the same time that I met, like got in a relationship with my wife, got married, had a kid, uh, you know, congratulations, like all of the life changes all at once, bought a house. Uh, and you know, so now you know, life is starting to settle back down a little bit and have a bit more of a routine. The baby isn't like just a itty bitty newborn anymore and uh, getting back into uh, FPV content creation as a hobby. Do you find it a bit more chill to just have it as a hobby instead of trying to trying to have to make a living from doing that? Well, that's yes, definitely. It's less stressful. However, I am not good at doing things chill. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help but like gamify the whole thing and like look at the metrics and what type of content do I want to do and like plotting out and I want to do this video. I want to do that video. I want to test this thing. I want to talk about this thing. Um, so I tend to just like die, like I'm ADD and I will go like full fixation, deep dive on it real quick. Is it still fun when it's a job or is it more fun when it's a hobby? More fun when it's a hobby. I I did notice a trend. A lot of people a while ago were talking about how trying to manage a YouTube channel and kind of turn it into a business was just becoming a pretty tough situation, pretty tough situation to be in. Wonder if you found that. I mean, personally, for me, there was FPV YouTube is a weird space to be in. Uh, A lot of the things that YouTubers talk about don't really apply 
because it's not like it's it's a passing hobby. So many people get into it as a hobby and get out of it. Um, mm. So like trying to meet the metrics of views as a percentage of your subscribers is just like out the door because a huge chunk of my subscribers, I guarantee you, do not fly FPV anymore. This was a passing hobby. They picked it up for a while. They either got really into it or just kind of thought about buying a drone even, and now they've moved on. So uh, when I wasn't making content regularly, if I put out a video and it was like the only thing I did for two months, the only thing I would see is a loss of subscribers because it was just like a notification going to a bunch of people that don't do FPV anymore, and they're like, ah, I forgot. I don't even want to follow that guy anymore. But now that I'm making content more regularly, like I see, you know, increases in subscribers, increases in viewer count, because, you know, the YouTube algorithms are putting that, that content in front of more people who may have gotten into FPV since I was active. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so a, a complex so. situation to manage, and it's not the same as being someone who's, I don't know, doing something for kids or cookery or something that's more widely applicable it's a totally different yeah, game yeah yeah but it's it, it is a different game but at the same time like it's a more tightly knit community i would say i you know if it was up to me i would definitely choose to be in fpv not only because it's, fpv is something that i love but because it is such a small community like i have been interacting with the same people on youtube commenting etc for years now and uh you know, go to different events and see them and meet in person and hang out mm -hmm. and fly. And like, it's, it's a, it's an awesome community to be a part of. Indeed. Mm. I've made lots of friends. It's crazy to yeah. think how much it all revolves around YouTube though. Like that is the crux of it, isn't it? For a lot of it. There's a little bit of Instagram yeah. stuff, but mainly YouTube. TikTok these days. I hear there's mm. like, TikTok famous FPV pilots now. No oh, yeah. way. We have that. It's yeah. Ken FPV. Uh, he's one of those guys, I think. Yeah. That uh, um, Eric Konasty was talking about last week. I, I'm what? too much of a boomer to go on those things. I, no, I just... I'm not doing it. <laughs> I thought um, it, it was just for tweens who want to share dance routines. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Tony flossing. Can you imagine it? Like. I mean, I feel like TikTok nowadays is more for like, it could be anybody who wants to promote something because there's so many users on it. But mm. it's all about dialing it into, you know, working for you, I guess. But yeah, it's it's definitely weird for some people. Yeah. Different platforms have different users and those different users have different expectations as well. Like I'd never go onto Instagram expecting to watch any kind of tutorial or informational no. content. It was just like brief distraction. Whereas on YouTube, you can do something that's longer form. I have no idea what TikTok's like because personally, I just bounced off it. A couple of people have showed me it and I've been like, eh, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, not my cup of tea. Um, Kevin, I think that's probably why FPV is so focused on YouTube is because there's such a steep learning curve. You need tutorials. You need to yeah. learn how like these radios work and all this different open source software and like what connects yeah. to what and um if you you need tutorials so everybody has yeah. to go and find that info somewhere well, th there's also it's not a few... you know rc groups anymore 
sorry for good. interrupting. I was going to say there's a few top flight pilots who can put out like a five second like eyeball grabbing routine, but there's a lot of people who are doing content that just naturally is longer than that. It's kind of a sit down and watch experience. I was going to say you were testing out um, the uh, guessing the control link speed with the Express LRS with Joshua Bardwell, and um, I wondered. If, did you move over to Express LRS? So I have moved over to Express LRS, but we were using the Ghost system in that test. But yes. Okay. Yeah. Did you? Uh, yeah. I, I, how well did you get guess it? I think you guys done pretty well. We were both fifty fifty. No better than chance. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. Do you think if you got a couple of teenagers in, they'd have noticed the difference? You know, <laughs> I think. What are you saying, Stephen? Look like, at the top race pilots. That's what I'm saying. If you did several flights, I think that if you gave me like a 500 hertz setup and I got used to flying it, and then you were like, "All right, on one random pack today, I'm going to put it at a lower frequency." tell me when it is i think that that would be discernible going like back and forth like which is it and i didn't mm. know what was fast out the gate it's kind of it's so subjective i don't think that there's a big enough difference to like say definitively this one's the fast one this one's the slow one but i think i could put my finger on something doesn't feel right this time mm. i think also like people's sense memory isn't that great like to be able to compare how this feels compared mm -hmm. to how something else feels and hold that all in your head yeah and, and to go because like it's a video and through the magic of editing it was like back to back but in reality it's like fly all right now wait three minutes while yeah, we change yeah. batteries and exactly so you weren't changing the, the middle of a flight you're okay, having to now like go again yeah yeah so you're flying an entire yep. pack land, of one and then land the radio mm-hmm not a whole pack, but like fly for till you make an assessment, then land, then hand the control over, then he punches a bunch of buttons, then power cycles the drone, and then hands it back to you. And like two minutes later, you're flying again. So like trying to remember that. Yeah, I yeah. No. So you've got to hold on to that that picture for two minutes, and then be like, all right, and now, yeah, yeah. Do you, how far do you think you'd have to take it until it was really obvious, like? down to 25 hertz there's going to be a point where you're like this feels like crap surely yes definitely uh and i don't know where that would be <laughs> it might be interesting to see how far you can go down down the, the signal speed before you could repeat yeah. it with some some people who are you know like twitchy fps gamer teenagers as well i have a feeling that the younger you get, the better your reflexes are. No, no offense to us old guys. We've all got a few years on us, but uh, a lot of these teenagers seem to be the ones that are saying, oh, yeah, you need a 120 hertz monitor. You need 200 hertz monitor for all these games. Yeah. Mm. yeah well, it's like Linus Tech Tips doing the FPS shooter and seeing the delay reaction of, um, you know, like the, the mouse and the 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 keyboard and then the refresh rate of the screen. I think there's just so many factors in everything, really, especially like um, for you, 
uh, Kevin, you you're flying DJI anyway, aren't you? So, yep. You know that that adds. What's the what is the delay on on that? It's quite a bit. I think it? the minimal is still the minimum is twenty something milliseconds. Yeah, oh, man, that's crazy. I can't even tell the difference really between HQ and LQ on DJI. Like I flick back and forth, and eventually I'll just like oh, whatever. I'll, I'll, I don't need low latency. I'm not that good. <laughs> I just, mm. just keep your it on brain the, uh, like remaps image. to it. Mm. Yeah, you know, up to a certain level. And honestly, flying DJI with Express LRS now is you know, you have to keep in mind, it's not about the latency of the control link or the latency of the video or like which one is the highest. That's not it. It's the latency of the entire system. From the time I move my thumb, that has to go through the gimbal into OpenTX or EdgeTX and then into the ExpressLRS radio and then to the receiver and then out to the flight controller that has to run the PID loop that then has to decide to spin the motor faster, which then sends it to the ESC and you've got the delay there. And then the ESC needs to spin the motor up, which may be a factor of like, how big is the prop and is the prop uh, motor spec properly to one another that it can spin it up fast enough, which moves the aircraft. But then the camera reads that, encodes that, sends that to the uh, video transmitter, which then packetizes it, sends it to your goggles, which then breaks it up and reassembles it and provides it to your eyeballs. So it's the total time from when I move my stick till I see the drone move in the video that is that is really what matters and if you look at where we were with analog where you had a camera that was you know 10 milliseconds of latency and crossfire which was up to 30 milliseconds of latency back in the day and then you compare that to going to express lrs now which is you know six milliseconds of latency and dji which is 30 milliseconds of latency the overall system latency is still about the same so me running Express LRS and DJI is about the equivalent of me running Crossfire and analog video back in the day. Mm. <laughs> that that is stinging. It's slightly <laughs> more impressive. <laughs> beard. Like, well, when you yeah, say it like that, it's, 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 it's crazy, isn't it? What actually happens? Uh, um, yeah, the, the chain. Yeah, the full me and Tony are just the same. You slice it up differently. <laughs> Crying and rocking back and forth in the corner. Like. <laughs> 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 oh man! I just you, man. Wants to goes back to the days of uh, open pilot, don't you? Just want to go back to the good no. old, like no, even before that. We're going back. We're going to go back and fly our old stuff. Yeah, KK two, where you can no. see. The, the configurator screen on the controller. No GUI. Me and Tony can't even spell GUI. Oh, you you had the fancy KK2 then. You didn't even have the one with just the screws? No, that was Curry Kittens. Oh, my God, yeah. man. Yeah, Jewelry up in the gains, boy. You, we've gone full circle. Now that the, the Beta Flight has sliders, you might as well just put those... those uh, I bet there's going to be a mod and there. someone will put potentiometers <laughs> on a flight controller now so you can just go and like, just yeah. tweak the pads of your flight controller. Oh, my God. I want it. <laughs> I want it right now. <laughs> Steve, like what landing was your first, first uh, build? What, what was your first rig? Can you remember back? Uh 
Yes, the first thing I built was a QAV 250 with a Naze 32 running uh, base. Well, actually, by the time I got it, it was on clean flight. But I did mess around with base flight while I was waiting because I ordered everything in the middle of Chinese New Year and it took forever. It was like 1806 motors, 3S. 1806? 1806? Simon K? Uh, No, it wasn't Simon K, I don't think. But yeah, it was definitely Byblades. Okay, I'll be down in just a minute. Bullnut. Yeah, and the PZO420 camera, that that huge circuit board of a camera that I ran like RC fuel lines to give myself a like. If you don't know, it was the like tilt. a thirty by thirty board. Yeah, and if you wanted camera tilt, then on the four screws on the two top ones, you would put fuel lines to tilt it back so I you could see. get some camera tilt. Oh, and you God, had to like file at, out the like carbon fiber holes so that it would mount tilted. Like, yeah. I don't know what they've got, these starters nowadays, do they, eh? Oh, yeah. Don't get me talking about trying to flash uh, BL Heli on an ESC back when you had to make your own uh, adapter with an Arduino. And Look at this. That was before there was a run cam. And you used to have to pull the edges of the board off to fit it in. Yeah, you had to file them off. Yeah, snap them, snap them off, snap them off. Yeah, the pliers. We we better let you go, Kevin. I see someone keeps saying, "Yo, come on, come on." The wife is calling. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, yeah. do an outro. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Uh, thank you for showing up. Um, the show's live every Thursday, 8 p.m. on YouTube. Um, so come and hang out if you're an audio listener on the podcast. We have got a Patreon as well. We're supported by those lovely people. So you get a, an unbiased opinion. We're not shilling for for other people. So we can say stuff like Tracer's crap and Ghost Needs Lure and stuff like that. Um, and Express LRS is not as good as Open ELRS. <laughs> oh, Stephen Twitch then. Everyone should be using FR Sky. It's the best. Yeah. D4R2, oh baby. <laughs> D4R2. Here we go. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought Emacs so, just released a new radio running FR Sky. What was that? Oh my god! <laughs> kill it with fire! Um, you've been joined by uh, everyone's favorite. Yeah, you've been joined by everyone's favorite man with a mustache, Stephen. Cheers! Thanks, everyone. The man who does our socials and thumbnails, Cole. See ya. My darling wife, Tony. Bye. <laughs> um curry kitten had to slip off so he's gone right, bye um and if you like the channel please like and subscribe i'm curry kitchen um and we have been joined by our special guest uh kevin sing a song bye i've been bright until i fly thank you good night bye telemetry lost